0: Welcome to the Constructed Futures podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chris Mayer. Chris has had an amazing career. He was a publisher of the Boston Globe. He's the first innovation officer for Suffolk Construction. And while looking at construction technology, he continues to consult with construction companies, media, and education. Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Hugh. Thanks for having me.
0: So Chris, Chris, one of the things that you and I talked about in our prep for this was, was this idea that, that there's, there's two ways you can look at, at technology and, and process in, in construction. I mean, two of many, but one of the ones that we discussed was this sort of dichotomy between technology that supports stuff you have to do that sort of supports value creation and then technology that actually is value, that, that really is in the value creation. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing and what you meant by that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you touched on another interesting idea there, which I'd like to like to come back to, which is uh, that intersection of technology and process. Because uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, looking to drive change, we need to be thinking more than just about a technology solution. We need to think about how a technology solution delivers value, which means it needs to connect in with the people and the process into that triangle to drive change. So maybe come back and talk about that. But I think to, to, to tee it up with where you started, um, there's there's a lot of work to be done and everything that, uh, that people are doing is contributing value of some kind, ideally. Uh, it's really the, the point that, that you're highlighting is the distinction between the work that is valuable to do versus the work that creates unique value, um, where the work that's valuable to do is absolutely necessary and you typically want to optimize that work for, uh, for efficiency, to to be as uh, as productive as possible, whereas the work that creates the unique value is typically closer to the customer. Um, and is, are the things that, uh, that are differentiating for an organization. And, and that's where you can use words like effectiveness and yield and value creation, um, in what you're trying to drive in terms of the outcomes. So it just, it's a, it's a helpful lens to make sure that, uh, where the priorities and the efforts are going into driving change and looking to improve outcomes, are in areas that will provide for long-term competitive advantage. Um, The the work that is valuable to do is more likely to be commoditized. The work that creates the unique value are the things around which companies can continue to differentiate themselves.
0: So let's make that uh, concrete. I I love that distinction, but let's think, what are some examples of of work that's valuable to do? Um, And then after that, obviously, let's talk a little bit about, about what creates unique value.
1: Sure. So, so maybe, uh, we'll, we'll, because this is, uh, I think interesting to look at and draw on experiences from across a variety of industries. Um, let's start outside of construction and start with something, uh, like, uh, traditional media. So, uh, you know, newspaper companies and media companies, uh, were spending and, you know, traditionally, a. a disproportionate amount of the expense was in the manufacturing and raw materials and uh, heavy equipment and distribution parts of the business. Uh, Because it was super important to make sure that the newspapers were printed and they were delivered on time. At the end of the day, that business is just-in-time manufacturing for a product with a really short shelf life. But what really differentiated the, uh, the, the, the publications or the, the brands themselves were, was around the journalism and the ability to convene communities of conversation and to be able to facilitate uh, the, the sharing of information around really important topics as it pertains to, to those, those communities. And when, when we saw what happened, um, you know, beginning in sort of 2010 with a large fall off uh, in uh, uh, print advertising, uh, the, the, the difference became a business model that was predicated on being able to just uh, take advantage of the work that was important to do. In this case, the, distribute, the printing and distribution of physical product uh, right. became untenable. And what you've seen is the the journalism companies and the media companies pivot to uh, into a focus on uh, consumer revenue and moving closer to the consumer with uh, with the messaging around that value creation. So that's that's sort of an example in one industry. If we if we pick up on that and we move it into another. Um, we'd start to talk. There's, maybe. there's a, there's well, a point
0: real quick I want to just uh, point out here. And that, that's, it's great that you went straight to something other than construction, which is where we're, where, we're, where we'll get, but it's this idea that a lot of, uh, you hear people in different industries often think that the, the challenges and, and deficiencies and opportunities that they face are unique and, and, you know, patterns show up over and over again uh, whether it's in, you know, electronics or in media or in, you know advertising or in this case in construction so i think that's a it's cool that you start with the idea that look a lot of these problems that that we're or or in this case a framework that you're applying you really can learn a lot from what other industries have have talked about obviously every industry has its own idiosyncrasies but again the patterns show up over and over again
1: yeah, I appreciate that and and if you look at where a lot of the disrupted industries are, they are uh, they're being disrupted because that work that is uh, is valuable to the current business operation is no longer valuable in the new way in which the op- in which that uh, that uh, business process could run. So think about something like Airbnb the 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 value the unique value is connecting the consumer directly with the, the property, and it, there are a number of things that changed up in terms of who holds the properties and where the money is is flowing across that. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, investment that went into the the uh, the facilities themselves. Um, for hotels and amenities uh, were not deemed as valuable. We're, we're not creating that unique value for the consumer. And so, so it, it bifurcated the, the renting masses, if you will, and created a whole other set of opportunities uh, by saying there's, there's work that's being done to support all of uh, the, the industry, but it's not creating the unique value for this, this group of consumers. And in construction, Chris, you- it's sort of a similar. There's you know there's similar parallels in construction, both in this uh, example of unique value creation versus valuable work being done, um, as well as a number of other areas, which I you know I think is worth kind of considering and talking about in terms of trying to look outside of the uh, the just the industry and looking for other opportunities or examples to bring new thinking and uh, new solutions into the space.
0: So uh, I was going to say that you know um, you're familiar with with disruption theory. This is Clay Christensen's idea from the Innovators Dilemma. I don't know twenty something years ago, mm-hmm. um, and the idea there was that that small companies or new companies that are new products that did a uh, that did a kind of a lesser version of of what was out in the market, but did the, but had cut away some of the some of the stuff to be done as opposed to the core value proposition and in time wound up dominating industries for a while because they had they had found a better faster cheaper way to deliver and as they improved over time they would become overall better than what they were replacing are you is some of what you're saying relate to that is that that you know as you get disrupted it's because someone has found a way to do less of the required stuff and more of the pure value add
1: uh, I think it's I think it, there's definitely a piece of that where you take the sort of exploded watch uh, theory where you can look at uh, you can look at a process in this case and sort of blow it out to its component parts and then focus in on more highly valuable uh, pieces and start to carve those off as opportunity for for new business so I think there's definitely a, a component piece of that um, going on here. I think this idea of um, of what is going to be sustaining innovation versus what is going to be, uh, you know, the, that sort of uh, uh, transformative innovation or disruptive innovation is um, is to some extent based on honing in on that kind of job to be done um, yeah. approach and really focusing on delivering very well within you know, against that uh, against that requirement or expectation for those consumers. Um, and peeling you know peeling off pieces of things where you could look and say, this is a job that has to be done really, really well. And instead of trying to do this and a number of other things, I'm going to focus just on this is an opportunity as people are looking to bring in new technologies, new processes, and drive change and in, in you know in any industry but in the construction industry as well. I think one of the one of the interesting challenges uh, that the construction industry or any any complex uh, uh, industry is going to face is how do I take these then sort of disparate pieces and potential improvements in how I'm driving efficiency or effectiveness within one component piece and knit it together into my overall workflow to accomplish what is my overall outcome, which at the end of the day is safely high quality, uh, you know, solid performance on, on budget and schedule and a positive work experience to deliver whatever building is or whatever structure is being built.
0: And how did you in the past, how did you approach that knitting together of, of different solutions and different um different kind of optimizations?
1: So the the safest thing to do is to get as close to the customer as possible. Uh, and so if uh in in the construction space in the general contractor space, for instance, would be working directly with the project teams. Uh, a lot of times, or most of the times, the the, the buy decision uh, happens within the project team. And even if it is happening as a mandate coming uh, down on top of the project teams, there still needs to be compliance uh, with uh, using either the new process or new technology. So, so the where the where the rubber meets the road is is on the project uh, on the job site itself, and working, uh, you know, and connecting into the to the job sites, and making sure that there's value creation there is the is the safest way to make sure that you're going to drive greater acceptance and then ultimately adoption. But it also is where you're going to get um, people who are who are interested in uh, in helping solve the problem or answer that question of how do i take what i'm introducing which can create benefit uh in one area and make it work with all of the other things that have to get done
0: do you think some of this kind of ground level cuz that's the big question for anyone producing or introducing technology into construction is is that the autonomy of a of a supervisor or senior supervisor su- superintendent excuse me is that that you know within limits they can do some a lot of what they want um do you find that that this this distinction you you've been talking about, where you know things that kind of things like scheduling and things that you know or, or supply chain related things that that support the creation of unique value, do you find that that the difference between things that that support value, so again things like a schedule or, or or daily reports and all that, um, are easier, harder, or not? You're not really sure for that for the ground level person to to kind of see the value in and accept versus things that are directly producing value, presumably things like tools and things that are in their hands or things that are, you know, part of what they're there for.
1: So I think the difference between sort of a digital tool and a physical tool is an interesting way to, to look at it. Um, I, you know, stepping, just stepping back a little bit, I remember early on in my career, uh, somebody telling me, do you know why you get paid each and every month is because you're making, uh, you're making you know, the company better, and somebody else who's making that decision. In this case, let's say it's your boss. Uh, you know, her life easier, and thinking about that from then as a uh, you know, it's really a consumer perspective um, on uh, with with uh, you know, but kind of bring, being brought to the to the decision making. So to get the even in, even with a lot of flexibility on uh, on decision making to ultimately get people to participate. It's because enthusiastically is because you're doing something that is making their lives better. Um, and and I think that is with a physical tool, something that is maybe uh, a little bit easier just historically in the environment for people to understand. If I have something that uh, is purpose built or purpose suited to be able to accomplish what I want to do, it's going to go better than if I'm using something that's not. When you start to take a look at Technology and technology solutions. I think it's really interesting when we talk about things like scheduling and things like um, CM tools, because they're they're big, broad terms that mean different things to different people at different moments in time or at points in time throughout the the project lifecycle. And I think it's that uh, it's that broad uh, definition that makes it difficult to sort of uh, to sell a solution to everyone. Um, because back to what we were talking about before, if we were really talking about, um, we were really talking about, let's say, uh, scheduling. And, uh, you know, are you talking about the weekly work plan that just is being scheduled? Are you talking about the, uh, the master schedule? Are you talking about the updated tracking schedule? Are you talking about, you know, the, the initial, the critical path schedule? Um, those types of uh those types of answers as to where um you know where are we focusing on delivering solutions i think helps people understand and connect back with well if you had something that did that that would really help me and so therefore i'm much you know i'm much more invested in uh, in helping bring this thing to my job site or to to use it successfully here so i think it's it's that it's that Narrowness, if you will, of um, of definition, that allows the more concrete representation of here's what the value is that you're going to get out of it.
0: That makes sense. I mean, you think about anyone in the trades, for example, has been trained on pretty deeply uh, for over years on how to use whatever their tools are, whether it's an arc welder or, or you know anything else, um, as opposed to being handed. Uh, you know, a digital tool, uh, whether it's a scheduler or whatever, and if it's too general, they haven't had that training, so they're going to have to figure out on their own. And your point is, they often won't, or right? well, not until they're they're told to.
1: I think that field of dreams approach is something that we, we, yeah. we really need to guard against, right? It's just because yeah. it exists. You're, it's a little bit of a of a you know a solution in search of a problem. Um, and and I think the the lens of looking uh, inside out. Um, what well, we have this technology, we have this capability, we should bring this forward is, uh, is very different than the lens of outside in, which is more aligned with what are the needs in the moment, What's the job to be done? And, and thinking of it in terms of, of again that sort of just simple simple uh, words, being able to we, we've spent a lot of time being able to answer what and how and sometimes miss the point of starting with why. Right. or explaining the why
0: it's funny how often you come back to that that simple idea of of why because um, it, it's you know we get so caught up in, in tactics and stuff and momentum of what we're already doing it's worth stopping and saying why why, why would someone do this? So I want to come back to something that, that you talked about earlier, and, and it, it's, you know, there's a word called prosumers, the idea of people that are professionals, but you, tr- but you market to or treat as if they were consumers. Do you think that kind of applies to the field?
1: Um, expound on that a little bit, if you will.
0: Well, you know, some of what you were talking about is think, think about technology as something that's being used almost on a consumer level. But obviously, it's not being used to play a game. It's being used to do your job. So this this term comes up, for example, in when you're talking about smaller businesses, where there's so many of them um, that you kind of have to treat them uh, as if they were consumers, as opposed to you know big GE sized or Suffolk sized companies. But but you know because you have some autonomy in the field, uh, whether it's superintendents or or, or uh, trade contractors, um, you know the idea might be that you you have you have to t- talk to people as if they were consumers as opposed to people that work at a company that can tell them what to do.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely right. I, I think everybody if you if you want to look for customers, your definition of customer or consumer changes to some extent with your vantage point but but that that approach to saying I need to delight you and I need to do something that makes it worthwhile for you to invest, whether that's time or money or both, um, because, because you're getting positive benefit out of it. Um, at the end of the day, that's, uh, you know, that, that consumer orient or, or what I kind of refer to referred to as the outside in perspective, mm-hmm. I think turns the conversation from here's what I want to do to you to here's, here's how I want to help you, you know, and, and, and look to bring that forward. And it, it brings up, it brings up an important point that the back to the beginning of the conversation when I talked about the people process and technology if we don't connect the technology solutions with the process and the people then we're not going to get usage and it's then then you've you know there's there's nothing so wasteful as doing something well that need not be done at all why are we delivering solutions that people aren't going to use or can't incorporate into their uh, into their daily operations or derive benefit from? Would be the rhetorical question there, so I think looking at that, you know, change happens at the intersection of those those three major points of people, process, and technology, and thinking about um, not just what are the capabilities that the technology offers, but how can it be integrated in to to your point, bringing that consumer perspective to make your life easier, to delight you, to improve on the desired outcomes of safety, quality performance and, uh, and overall customer experience. Um, that mindset I think is, is critical to, to not just bringing forward the, the capabilities, uh, that we would want to have and, and, and could employ in, uh, in these solutions, but actually getting them to be utilized so that, uh, so that we can, we can demonstrate the improved efficiency or the improved value creation.
0: So when we talk about people, process, and technology, things like this often are, are you know, broadly under digital transformation. So there's an assumption that that basically every country, company, excuse me, is going to be in an ongoing, rolling process of digital transformation. There really won't be a moment when you say we're done, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Suffolk or whether it's a sm- you know, a mid-sized uh, uh, trade contractor. When you think about the three elements you discuss: people, process, and technology. It's often helpful, I think, to think about what what changes at what speed, and therefore you know what you should be focused on. So people presumably are the slowest to change because you're not going to hire quickly and, and and turn over people, and training takes time. Um, process is slowish, it seems like, whereas technology you're you're buying it or you're not. It, I'm not assuming people are are developing it from scratch. So you think about it. Does that does that line up with how you think that that you know people are are the kind of longer longer term changes process? You know, it's ongoing, but slower. And then the technology, it it, you know, it can be quicker. Does that make sense?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess I would say that when I think about the people, I don't think about changing the the individual people as much as changing the uh, the 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 way the way people operate and their comfort level. You you sort of talked about the comfort level with technology. You know, if we started, uh, if we if we take a look at the workforce uh, right now. Everybody, I would say, just about is comfortable being able to swipe left, swipe right. They're comfortable being able to work off of a scroll down. They're comfortable being able to to, to set context. They're comfortable with this notion that apps try to do one thing very, very well. And I've have got a I've got a platform that is essentially a collection of apps that allow me to do my work. And it's a very different mindset than the way technology solutions have been delivered in the past, where you keep adding additional functionality and grafting on more capabilities, you work really hard to make sure the user interface is consistent from screen to screen and place to place. Whereas the, 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 the people who are, in this case, the consumers working on, on the job sites and on the projects have already, as, as individuals, moved past that type of interface requirement and into one that is just supports it to be much more dynamic um and so if we were so, so when we think about changing when i when i think about that that the people piece of people process and technology it's understanding uh, and and anticipating the way in which people interact with and consume information, and making sure that the solutions are attuned to uh, to the way people want to work to make them uh, to make them most productive. So, so I think that that it's a little different than swapping out the people are waiting for a generation or two yeah. or to enter the yeah, workforce. Thankfully.
0: Right? Yeah, but even even again, even training people takes a minute. But but what I'm hearing you say that the reason I ask that is. As you think about digital transformation, and you have these three pieces, um, the one that that you know you can change the most quickly, it sounds like, is is technology and and developing the way that technology interfaces in such a way that that you're making an allowance as much as possible for process and, and people, on the assumption that over time that change, you're also doing things to change change those as well. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the technology also um, it, the technology. Serves maybe or offers two additional opportunities. One is um, it helps define the state of the possible. So if we also acknowledge that the 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 people who best understand how to meet the needs of the customers are the people who are closest to the customers, Mm -hmm. then there may be a gap in terms of uh, of that. You know, broad groups familiarity with different technologies that may be just coming to market or capabilities that are out there, but so so technology can serve the purpose as a thought starter there. That's very very, and, and then they can actively participate in how would we use that technology to be able to derive benefit through that lens of delivering to the consumer if the technology is is uh, envisioned. And uh, in sort of a central place, and then just pushed out on top of uh, a distributed workforce, there hasn't been that opportunity to uh, to really connect with all of the the voices that could be representing the customer uh, mm-hmm. and the customer's benefits in that perspective. And so, I think there therein is a you know a, a danger of driving technology exclusively or, or primarily through a technology first approach, but surfacing technology that maybe hasn't specifically been requested in a way to create the conversation, to understand how it could be used and connected into process and utilization, in this case, people to be able to drive those outcomes is, is a real important benefit and why the R&D is so important and why identifying the new technologies is so important. Just having a process to be able to, to Connect what that state of the possible that's represented by the technology with the people who can um, who can best uh, who can best realize the benefits to the consumer off of that. It's just a huge. It's it, it's it's a it's it's an additional opportunity. The other thing that technology gives us is uh, in a world of and. Um, uh, and again, this is much more of a of a contemporary view of what technology and highly distributed technology and mobile first uh, access can provide it's there's there's more than one way to do something to drive the exact same outcomes to capture the exact same information to be able to um, to maintain that uh, that structure if you will of uh, of outcomes while the path to get there may be different and so what we talk a lot about is that it is a world of hand. The technology can support that. So if people are, if if there's a workforce that's more comfortable managing, um, you know, uh, know, work in place, tracking on a job site, using, uh, you know, a, a more traditional piece of technology or solution, or even, you know, even, you know, forms that they're capturing information on that doesn't preclude it from being able to be rolled out with one or two different solutions um, that are maybe a different way of thinking about engaging the engaging the the user and capturing that information, Um, as long as it as long as it, it distills down to being stored in. Uh, the, the you know, basically similar and compatible fashions in, in the same place, you still can run the business off of that data. How it got there is less important. And so so that allows organizations to experiment with new technologies and bring them forward uh, in a way that is still consistent with the not just the work that the individual team's workflow and process, but the organizational uh, workflow and process, which it has a certain amount of Know cross project uh, evaluation and monitoring for consistency and, and completeness.
0: So there's a bunch of really interesting ideas in, in what you said that I want to I want to get at. Um, the, the interesting the, one of the the kind of earlier part of it, this idea of um, of bringing technology um, to well again a couple of them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking through here. The the, the one that that uh, I wanted to start with is this idea of um, giving it to. You know, opening up possibilities and and actually letting people tell you how they want to use it, um, and you know, modern technology is a little better than that at that than than earlier versions were. But you know, what I find personally as someone who's made a lot of technologies, it's really exciting to see a professional take something that you've done and do things with it you didn't think of you didn't think of because you don't know what they know. Um, is is that somewhere where you're getting at though? This idea of defining the art of possible is in almost implied in that. Is the final way it's used is almost like created together with the people that are that use
1: it. Yeah, totally, and and I think that that's where you get the really powerful solutions where the sort of one plus one equals three. You bring yeah. forward something that that maybe someone with a technology focus doing the R and D recognizes has potential hasn't been able with you know with enough work experience to know exactly how to use that but can bring together then the people who are uh you know who who do have that experience and are uh are, are interested in uh, in improving uh utilizing technology to improve the outcomes and say well you you hear things like well that's awesome if it could do this and this and this then i yeah. could do this and this and this and that's where you know your your example is even further than that, which is I've given you a toolkit and you've figured out that it could also <laughs> do all of these other things on top of that. Maybe I can, now that I understand that, maybe I can improve on that and, and either make that more streamlined or build some additional capabilities on top of that. And you get into a virtuous circle of, or cycle of being able to introduce something that has potential Identify how to realize the potential. Start to realize the potential. See more opportunity built on top of that next foundation, uh, and continue to 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 work and build on top of that. And it becomes, uh, you know, it it becomes the ideal scenario, I suppose, for uh, for when when these technologies get introduced. There's a there's a pull as opposed to a push, which is ultimately with everything what you're trying to create. You 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 want to you want that wantedness. Um, as opposed to, you know, it's, uh, it, it, as opposed to, you know, you're here, here's, here's the stick. If you don't use this technology, then, um, then, you know, bad things are going to happen.
0: And this was, I mean, this was the, the, the famous story about the beginning of, of a lot of construction technologies. It was pushed out from accounting and you just hear stories about 10, 15 years ago when it really felt a little top down. What I'm hearing you talk about though, is, is really the role of, of an innovation department right is to, to start to kind of bridge the gap between what might be out in the marketplace and what is is needed and being innovated inside of a company is that
1: is that the sort of role you think of yeah and recognizing that the the, uh, the efforts coming from that department of identifying new opportunities are really just um, in service of the operations teams at, yeah. you know uh, again at, uh, at the if you don't if you don't connect it back with the operations uh, and the execution, um, you're not going to get you're not going to get the benefit out of it. And
0: no, then you just get drone races.
1: Exactly. Well, and and I want to you know just you you mentioned before the whole idea of the early construct tech was in that kind of CM and uh, the fin space and and such and and. You know, I I agree with that, and I think all of that is is there's great technology there, and there's there's great solutions. But what it's setting up to do is to de-risk sort of financially and legally a lot of the projects, right? And so you have these large projects, you have warranties associated with these things. Uh, there are a lot of moving parts, and you need to be able to uh, to be able to capture documentation and be able to recreate conversations and be able to save everything along the way, so that you so that if there's ever a question downstream, uh, all of that information is available. And so in the in the plan-do-check-act cycle, a lot of that is the planning and the checking that goes on. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this the new suite of capabilities that are coming together, and you see some of this with the tools is is in that area of the do, and that's that's really where operations is. Uh, I think the greatest opportunity to to get pull instead of push, um, but if you can connect in with uh, with folks uh, on the job site and on the operations teams who are doing the work and you're making the, their their lives better and the outcomes better uh, for for them and for everyone on that project team, then you're going to create pull. And I think that's where, uh, as opposed to the earlier suite of tools. Uh, you're really much closer to the consumer, driving safety and quality and performance and customer experience, and and I think that's that's super exciting because that's where that's also where the where that to the conversation we had earlier the the creativity of the solutions that represent the best interests of the customer because the operations teams are closest to the customer um are going to are going to be be brought into the conversation and so to bring it all back around to your question around sort of the innovation departments and r d and the innovation teams uh having that uh having that framework to be able to connect um the technologies with the operations to better refine what the what the potential is and deliver on that in ways that um can can lay a foundation and then build on top of that over time um, I think is is where you're seeing a lot of the, a lot of the successful innovation uh, efforts uh, in the industry now
0: it's a really exciting way to look at it I mean you, you mentioned earlier I want to draw attention to it again this idea of financial de-risking as as a you know and that's an kind of an office centric way of thinking which makes sense since that's where it, it, it you know it it started and everyone was using computers earlier in the office and all the rest of it but this idea that that you've got one one set of, of technologies that are reducing something, they're reducing risk, they're pulling out uncertainty. But then, uh, you know, an, another newer group of technologies, or maybe not all new, a hammer's not that new, um, <laughs> that are, are kind of optimizing or I- improving um, operations and building, they're adding to the, the safety or the productivity or the, um, you know, the quality that can get done within a certain period. Uh, that's a really exciting way to to kind of categorize technologies that are out there. I mean, I'm, I'll bet you a lot of things are in more than one, especially you know bigger bigger software. Uh, but that's an exciting way of of thinking about uh, technologies.
1: Yeah, uh, sort of a shorthand for that is to is to think through it from the perspective of the of the recipients of the technologies that are going to be the users of the technologies, and is it, it things that are being done for them or things that are being done to them. And, uh, and, and if you, (laughs) one sort of falls on one side, one, and, and, and I don't mean to say that in, in, or suggest by that, that statement that the things that are, are pushed, uh, centrally to provide additional control and structure are bad things to do. They're, they're critical. It's the, it's, it's, it's a lot of times the difference between what is, um, you know, what's necessary versus what's sufficient, right? And so it's absolutely necessary to be able to drive the consistency and put the controls in place and manage the complexity and uh, both short-term and long-term for the project. So the the plan and the check portions of the of the plan, do, check, act cycle are, are really, really important. And there are a lot of good technologies there. My only point is that there, as we look at the do piece of that, um, there's an opportunity for much more collaboration, much more pull, and much more for and with than two. Uh, in terms of uh, of the perspective of the of the consumers of that of those solutions.
0: So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What are some good examples of things done for them? Technologies that are are really helping the do part of
1: it. Um, I think if we if you take a look at some of the pain points uh, on uh, where where people are spending their time. Uh, technologies that will streamline uh, some uh, data capture of necessary information that would go into the daily reporting, for instance, so that you don't have to have uh, that transcribed Uh, information that, or or, uh, solutions that compress the time uh, in terms of uh, capturing information to presenting information. So if there are, uh, if there are, um, uh, safety plans that are put into effect for work that's going to be done, that those are immediately available and distributed uh, to folks. A lot of the collaboration software solutions and uh, groupware solutions are also uh, opportunities um, for, for folks. Uh, You know, I think there's some really great technologies in the visualization space. There's really great technologies in, in the, the sort of mixed experience space Um, and, and, uh, those are those are things that can also really benefit uh, the project teams as the project teams or as operations starts to come back and define. Well, that's tell me how that's going to be done. So again, there's there's uh, there's um, in that category or that classification of taking work that would otherwise have to be super time consuming and perhaps even manual or duplicative, or information that's not readily available because it has to be found in a variety of different places, but could actually help improve safety, quality, performance, or customer experience right now. Those types of technologies are, um, are, you you see them coming and you see see teams that are really good at taking those and incorporating them into the workflow um, in ways back to kind of where we started, first and foremost, on the things that are valuable to do but don't create unique value. So the transcription of information multiple times or having to hunt around for that information, you need the information. So it's valuable work that has to be done, but it's not creating unique value. So if we could single source that, or we could base it on image technology and then have that information through inferencing and image rec, be able to to turn around and recommend or suggest those those conclusions on how much work was put in place? Where are you in the process? How are you capturing information for uh, the state of the project, for owner photos, or for updates? Those types of solutions, I think, are um, are ways in which you can you can directly look and say we're helping the do cycle.
0: I think another one that, that came up in some conversations I had a little while ago. We was doing a, a couple of courses on 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 data with with Procore. And one of the things that 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 came out of some conversations there is having data and then you mentioned earlier visualization, which makes it just really quick to show people in a meeting. Nobody has to sit there and you know trace tat, uh, lines and a lines and columns. You can if it's a graph, you can just quickly get it. But it's way better to try to figure out what to do next when you can represent data about what's happened in the past or the situation you're in than just by you know gut or 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 arguing. You know what I mean? Like, so if you yeah. think about what, what the do cycle includes, a lot of that is figuring out what to do and, and exactly how to do that smaller piece or what to do in what order or, or how many people that I mean, there's a lot of operational decisions that are part of the, the do cycle. And, you know, it, it, in the past, even now, of course, a lot of that is somebody's senior and they've been out there for a while and they say, here's how we should do it. And that will often be right. But one of the things that that, you know, technologies that are coming out now, are able to do is have somebody actually pull data and say, well, actually we should try it this way. And here's, here's, here's my argument for why. Uh, And in the past, again, it was difficult to make that argument, but now you, you data gives you the ability to, to, you know, prove your point as opposed to just arguing your point.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's, that is uh, a really good observation. And on the continuum from data to information, to knowledge, Um, you know, when you take the data and you start to combine it together to put it in greater context, you, you improve it into being information that is actionable or supports decision-making, uh, as you move up that continuum and put it in greater context, make it easier to consume and be able to, uh, to support. Um, not just human decision-making, but as a foundation for additional learning within the, the different types of technologies, you're starting to enter into the world of knowledge. And I, I, I like the point about saying, if we started with data and are aspiring to knowledge, even if we knew how to get there, the, the key is going through, through technology. The key is the consumption of that. Like, is it a message that people are hearing? Is it something that's truly useful and actionable? And, and it brings up another, another point uh, you can integrate uh, information at a whole variety of levels in the stack. You can integrate at the data layer and, and, and you know align all of it. and we all know how complicated it is to to understand and align data from multiple systems and different sources. You can align you can integrate at the applications layer, having the applications read information from multiple syncs and then programmatically start to try to uh, start to try to pull all of that together. You can you can integrate at sort of an umbrella reporting layer, which is you know more like a Power BI, where you pull those those different things from different sources and then just sort of represent that um, in terms of uh, of how uh, one can affect the other. But you can also integrate at the at the at the UI at the user interface level, which is to say, on a large screen, you've got your schedule, you've got your project plan, you have your available resources, you have the tasks to be done today, you have anything else that would, you you maybe have the scope and the, you know, through the model of what it is that you're going to be building or the drawings in the area that you're going to be working on. And by sitting people down and letting them just sort of scan uh, across all of that information very, very easily without you know, typically these are large. This would be a large screen presentation, but that information is now integrated. But it's integrated at the user experience or interface level, and so you've got the the, the processor, if you will, is the is the, the the human brain, and that's some of the unique value that gets created is being able to look across all of this this data or information and then turn it into knowledge. It also uh, can point to where the highest return off of a lower level integration in that hierarchy would be most beneficial um, to be able to pull some of that together so that the that, that technology and, and data teams don't spend time trying to say, well, look, let's just integrate all of these systems together. If instead we look and say, well, what is the information? And if we brought it together, it gives people the best ability to support knowledge capture, decision-making, and drive better outcomes those are the areas then that can be prioritized. And that makes the that makes the scope of the target work oftentimes much more manageable than some of these large integration projects that, you know, we we've all been part of through the years.
0: Yeah. And well, you know, that's a kind of a point I'd love to kind of end on is this is that where we are now is is, you know, the world is much more disaggregated. There's there's APIs that can connect lots of things to lots of things. So you don't need to necessarily you know, implement something like SAP in the '90s, which was a lot of work. <laughs> um, where do you see where do you see this going? If you were to to, to you know characterize where you think construction technology will be in five years, where, what would you say? What do you, what do you see as the future?
1: Um, I think we're going to see a lot of streamlining of information flow. I think it, we're going to, you know, if we think about what we're trying to accomplish and, and when anything gets created, it's, it's take a look at time, scope and money. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're going to do is have those three components uh, much more closely aligned and establish uh, what that what that expectation is going into the work there will be much more integration into then the the important and valuable work but not necessarily uniquely valuable work of uh, sequencing uh, of activities and of, uh, of supply chain management, and all of that will start to come together. And then I think what's going to be really because that's just going to follow the arc of of, of the other industries. Um, th- what's going to be really exciting is when we start to see how the processes change um, once all of once all of the the potential ambiguity um, uh, and and change is, is squeezed out of the system so that when you get to actually doing the work, the people doing the work are, uh, are taking, we're taking full advantage of their skills, uh, on the job site to be able to manage and oversee and implement, uh, the, or execute on a construction project instead of a little bit of, uh, I've, I know I've got to capture this information. I've got to get it three times, I've got to run around and check on something. There's some stuff that's still unknown. I ran into a situation that I didn't expect because it, you know, I was given a set of I was given a set of uh, of instructions or requirements that had gaps in them. And so now I gotta figure all that out and figure out what the implications of that are. We've got really super talented and super smart people in the construction industry who do an amazing job solving problems each and every day. And mm-hmm. um and I think the future of construct tech will uh, over five years, allow them to solve more of those um, because they'll be spending less time doing a lot of the other. What is now necessarily invaluable, but not creating that unique value that uh, that their skills can bring uh, to solutioning. So I'm I'm really excited about looking at other industries. I think we're going to ideally um, see. Again, we have sort of technology first right now. Um, I mm-hmm. think we're going to see process and the and the need to really define process and let process um, uh, take full advantage of those technologies come to the fore over the next several years as people as people look at all these capabilities and say, "Wow, we could really take advantage of that if we were to change up some of the ways in which things are currently done today.
0: What an exciting perspective. Um, I'm look for, looking forward to seeing some of that happen. Well listen, Chris, this has been great. We've gone f- you know f- from uh, the difference between what's valuable and what's what's adding value all the way through kind of a romp through what, what that means. I've, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
1: I appreciate it. thanks for a thanks for chance to, to chat and look forward to talking again soon.